that's so cool. Like you win your first superbike race and one of your best buddies wins his first superbike race the next day. Like I was pretty stoked on that. Uh, thanks for coming down, man. Yeah, no, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, it was nice to definitely get an invite. Obviously, a few of the boys have been on yeah, uh, yeah. on your pod, which is sick to sick to hear and love listening to that. And uh, yeah, it's cool to cool to come down and check out the the facilities. Pretty, yeah, pretty unreal. Yeah, so Trevor and uh, Trevor and Kenny before you. Yeah, did you learn anything on those that you didn't know about those guys? Um, not really. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, you guys Trev- are pretty tight. Yeah, Trev's got tons of stories, uh, and Paul's, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about Paul's, but. Uh, Paul's more just brings up memories that you just can roast them about after that. Like right. you, you just we kind of let them go. Yeah. <laughs> the little Snoop Dogg one. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty jokes, but uh, but yeah, I'm sure there's cool. more stories that didn't make the pods. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, luckily we have a pretty solid group up with the boys, and uh, yeah, yeah. You got to talk about that a little bit. You guys have like the coolest squad up in Collingwood area, right? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, like you know. Grew up there, like, high, well, high school there after I moved from Scotland in 2007. And there's only two guys that, are, like, your know, high school's only 300 people, maybe yeah. 400. There's only two guys that I still see and in, in are buddies from high school. I mean, they're still obviously friends from high school, but, like, I don't go out of my way to see them. Like, there's the two guys, and then, then there's all the boys from Collingwood. And, again, only a couple of them are from Collingwood. They're right. all, everybody's, we are, we're all friends because we have the same interests. Yeah. And we're there to do the same things and have fun and just we all have the same values on life and um which is sick and yeah we just all have so much in common you're not just buddies because you grew grew up each other with each other four years old you're buddies because you have the same shit going on and which is super fun with summer stuff and winter stuff very fortunate for sure to uh to have that core group yeah you guys are like what surfing wake surfing riding bicycles obviously skiing and snowboarding Yeah, no. Like, what am ri- I missing? Riding moto, riding moto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's uh, downhill bikes, yeah. cross country bikes. Yeah. yeah, things have definitely, yeah, definitely changed through the years. It used to be, you know, a bunch of bunch of the boys would have a party, and it would just be the boys and you know, and yeah. the house going, and then we go out to the village. And nowadays, it's different. You have a party, and it's the boys plus, and everybody's plus one. So it's yeah. definitely a different dynamic. But probably uh, a few kids now too. Yeah, for a couple of the fellas, yeah, yeah for sure, and a few on the way. So it's. Uh, for some of them but uh yeah it's good fun like i said like as again through the years like things come and go covid a bunch of us were like i'm obviously still into road biking a bunch of the boys got into the road biking yeah uh, a bunch of the boys got motos that didn't have motocross bikes before and that was a big thing and yeah it's super fun again always like you know marcus has got his boat we'll get out surfing and uh yeah it's super fun and you know you've been up every now and then and yeah. been on the road bikes with us it's, it's good time no it's good it's good the road bike, yeah, like the I forgot about how uh, the COVID effect on road biking. Yeah, like huge. everyone and their cousin bought a bicycle. Yeah. I w- I was lucky; I got one the year before, and then it was like uh, prices doubled. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not. It's yeah, for sure. Like I picked one up. I had my road bike maybe like twenty sixteen, and then it was just like I I got a new one in COVID. And then, but I picked it up in like the March, and then right after that was when like things boomed yeah and uh 
yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy, but yeah, super fun. Like that was all we could do. Mm -hmm. I mean, and even at that, like probably still shouldn't have done it with some of the boys, but like, it was like, what do you do? You need your, for your mental health, you need to get out and do things with your friends, be social to a certain point. Of course, sure. uh, some people Outside, might agree with I that. Mean, you're fine. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we would, we were crushing like, I think I did like eight to 10,000 K that year Ooh. and I haven't done near that. That Like yeah. even this year, I'm only like 3,500 K. Yeah. Obviously my workouts have changed. I'm not just biking, but back then it was like, I wasn't racing. Yeah. I, and I biked more than ever. I was fitter than I ever have been that year and I loved it and all the boys were into it and uh and yeah super fun you and uh Trevor and I, f I forget maybe one other guy do like a crazy ride every year yeah we tried to do so last year we did um there's four of us we biked from Etobicoke uh, from our buddy Steven's place um to Montreal we did it in three days so it was super fun it was like 220k a day and um but like even of the week of we weren't even sure it was going to happen we because of covid even though this was last year they stopped letting bikes on the go train or whatever the via rail viral really? they stopped letting their bikes on so like we had this plan to bike out and then train back yeah and then the week of we were like let's book this train and you couldn't do it they wouldn't like bikes so all of a sudden it was like we we're rechain we we're changing a route to there's a big route around our area like up the escarpment uh, it's called like the b700 or bt700 maybe brucefield 700 or something okay. like that anyway it's a 700k gravel loop yeah. we're looking at doing that to try and keep it local and then we ended up getting our buddy's brother to drive out to montreal so yeah we nice. did uh like 220 a day got to montreal dinner and end up going out and partying for the oh, night oh boy and but obviously you're super dehydrated <laughs> yeah. and then you just throw alcohol in the mix and like felt fine but like so like well the next day was like headaches just from just yeah. from drinking it's like, like it's <laughs> so. like having the, your first beer after a race yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just <laughs> yeah. boom hits you yeah that's all it takes yeah. and trev didn't even come out that night he came to dinner and he's like i'm calling a night yeah and we ended up obviously staying out way later than we should have but uh but yeah we tried to do a big one we did uh i did out west a couple of years ago drove the rv out I took the bike out, like the motorcycle, and did a ride at Area 27. Yeah, yeah. Not sure if have you been out there? I did a, one of their races, like their series races. Yeah, it's super fun. Wild track. Yeah, great layout. Yeah. It is wild. It's it's almost almost too much for, I could see it being too much for some people. Yeah. It's almost one of those you think you're somewhere and you're not. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of blind corners. It's like you really need to know where you are at a point. Because uh, on a bike, especially, it could get super squirrely. Especially that last sector, you come... You, you kind of got the chicane down the hill, the double right, and there's a left, and yeah. then into a sharp hairpin. If you get out of shape on that left, like the only way out is to go across the track when bikes are coming back the other way. But uh, yeah. yeah, I did a road trip out there to do that, and then we biked Bam, Flake, Louise. Oh, nice. And then up in Jasper, and it was like, it was super fun. So lots of hills. Trying to, yeah. But you're, you ride with hills anyways where you are. Yeah, up in Collingwood, yeah. we're thankful for that. And it's crazy. Like I've got a bunch of buddies are really strong cyclists. Uh, and this the GTA, and they'll come up, and it's like I, they're way stronger than me. But you'll go ride scenic caves that are up grade or nineteen. It's like they can't even hang, but it's like you know they should be like leaving you in the dust. Yeah. So it's crazy how your legs just, I guess, you know, get used to Hills. what you're used to and uh, and how you ride. So yeah. That is there's a there's one corner at Area Twenty Seven that's like cr you get crazy light. Like it's like a stupid fast kink or something. Yeah, I think that's the, maybe yeah. the one I was talking to. Yeah. Talking about yeah, that le yeah, it's like a it's almost like a jump. It's like have you done barber? Ah uh, no, drove no. Barber? Okay, 
Uh, but you know, you know it, right? Uh, I know. Oh, okay. So there's that. Anyway, corner two is like same thing, but it's a right turn, okay. and the bikes get so gnarly out of shape there. Jeez. But uh, but yeah, that one. Yeah, there's there's real. That's a really fun track, and I've been fortunate enough to ride there uh, twice, especially because it is a membership based yeah. circuit, so it's tough for the public to go ride. But uh, yeah, it's fun. It'd be nice to get it on a race schedule, but maybe in the next couple of years, right? That would work for you guys for sure. Yeah, it would be it would be super fun. So what is the, uh, run me through the season, like where, where do you guys race? So our season starts, uh, for 2024, um, we're at Shannonville. Yeah. Uh, we run the pro circuit, so the perimeter. Yeah. And then we have like a weekend or two off and then we go to Grand Bend. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I don't know if you've. I've been, been to there. Grand yeah. Bend. I raced uh, like an endurance race. Yeah. There. So it's a bunch of just runway. Yeah. Taxi lanes that makes our racetrack. So pretty gnarly but uh then we go from we have a weekend off and then we're in edmonton and i haven't i haven't raced edmonton the boys went out in 2015 is that um, the street circuit or with the sorry with the airport circuit i be, i can't I is it where the edmonton Indy was i couldn't even tell yeah. you dude. yeah i don't know i yeah. don't know the track I, I know it's new owners it's now called like rad torque it used to be R- race city or castro okay I'm not I sure. feel like Maybe I, th- one of those I think you'd Calgary. know if it was the runway. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, it looks like a drag strip as part of it. Uh, so it might be the same track. So yeah. yeah, they rode there. Kenny went out in 2015. Yeah, and uh, that was the last time they were out there. So before my time in CSVK. But uh, so we're out there. But that's when I'm going to plan a bike trip with the boys. I'm going to go the week before. Yeah. Take the bikes out. The boys are going to fly out, and we're going to do some riding out there, and then try and do that ba- Banff lake louise loop again yeah. maybe hit canmore nice it'd be sick maybe some golfing but oh uh, yeah yeah that's down the pipeline so oh, see that's a good trip that yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> right uh, on and then from there we have ctmp yeah or no sorry we have we're going out east sorry to nova scotia then first uh, shubenacadie yeah, yeah yeah then we'll have ctmp then we're back at uh, shannonville for f- the finale which is the september long weekend right um oh we'll, september long weekend yeah then we're running same as the is that the same, like the Labor Day weekend? No. Yeah, it is the Labor Day, yeah. Is it the same as the Pinty's deal? Must be a different weekend. Is that when you, go, you guys yeah. to Shannonville? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, Shannonville. No, sorry. Sorry. no yeah. No, well, I think in Mosport. No, yeah. Mosport we are, it's usually second weekend. Okay, it's like yeah. the weekend after the long weekend yeah, in yeah. August. Um, yeah, no, sorry. We're at CTMP and we're running, or sorry, we're at Shannonville. Yeah. We're running long track. Right. So finish the year at long track. So Which is how they did it this year. No uh, Quebec? So, uh, no Quebec, no. I haven't been back to Quebec since twenty nineteen. Unfortunately, we were at Saint Eustache. Uh, yeah. yeah, they closed that place. That's down. a wild track, eh? Yeah, it was gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember one of the first times I went there. Like the whole pit lane. Like for like we we would pit on the outside of the track. Like, but then hot pit would be on the inside. You'd have to go in between sked uh, between races, and like your pits, like you're sitting chilling eating lunch whatever and like there's 10 feet away there's a wall and guys are just buzzing by like and honestly i had one of the gnarliest races on a super bike there too uh me kenny and then uh a guy bodie Edie, and i just the race before i just had a concussion and this was like my first race back like a week after and i definitely was not in the right headspace right. i was i was fine to ride but sure. like to lay on the line i was not there and i was watching these two guys just absolutely kill each other on the track i'm like this is so fucked <laughs> like i should not be watching this happen and obviously everything was good it was it was unreal to watch but uh, yeah that was a gnarly race because that place is super tight and it's like a 43 second lap time yeah it's just done yeah it's crazy so, yeah yeah we but, raced the oval there oh, okay yeah. was, 
quite the oval. Yeah. Because you come in the front straight is the drag strip. Yeah. So you come across like all two lanes yeah. of freaking shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we get that again on the bikes. And yeah. It's like the, I never raced there in the rain, thankfully, but they, in the rain, they would put cones out so you wouldn't run over the, like the sealer or what the, the spray. Is. Yeah. For the drag strip. Yeah. So you don't run over that because you would just immediately just be gone. Like it, like the back end would just go, just yeah. down. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, that place is pretty nuts. So yeah, that's a, I think it's like a hydro plant now. Like oh, they, true. Yeah. Or it's either because they, I feel like the ground was way too contaminated with like all the tar and everything yeah. for them to make it anything else. Like it's just like a substation or something. Mm. So it's just so close to Montreal, right? Yeah. 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 And then, and, uh, Mirabelle also, they haven't been back there. I think they were trying to go back there, but uh, they haven't been there since. That track. Again, before my time, like maybe like 2014. Yeah. So, thankfully, I'm, the, I'm not a fan of the uh, the cement. Oh, it doesn't look fun. I couldn't imagine. It's bad enough at Shannonville when you used to run over patches, or at, at CTMP. Obviously, yeah. they're all gone now. But yeah, mixing those concrete patches is like it's not fun. No, no, no way. So you moved from Scotland in what? Oh seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh seven. Uh, so we we have family here in the GTA, and uh, we used to always come over for like two week vacations in the winter, and spend a week of it up north. Mm. and uh then we my i would have been so i was 14 when we moved i would have been like 9 10 my parents were like we're want to move to canada because so, of the winters well <laughs> just like a life change yeah. and my dad was actually supposed to move out when he was like eight well he wanted to move when he was like 18 to 20 ish had a job lined up and then i guess like just he met my mom or whatever. How I can't remember how it happened, but then they just they never end up coming out. Yeah, and um, then yeah, we still always come on vacation as my dad did when he was a kid, still visiting uh, his aunt and uncle, so my great aunt and uncle. And uh, then yeah, we'd come go skiing at Blue, spend a week with them, and they yeah it was about ten years old. They're like yeah, we want to move, and we're like let's go. Like that'd be yeah, awesome. You're yeah, and my sister was too at the time, and then it came to the crunch, and my sister was she's eighteen months older than me. And she loved where she was at in school, like with her friends and like, she didn't want to leave. Did she, she come? Like, she ended up coming. Yeah. The compromise was get a puppy because okay. we, yeah. we never had dogs growing up. So we got a dog and uh, yeah, now she loves it here. She lives in Cape Breton. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Her and her husband, they got married this year. I guess that's more like back home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's just, yeah, she's, we're different for sure. Right. And uh, she loves it there. I mean, it's, it's sweet. It's like taking a step back in time like there's no like new houses like they're building a new university there in sydney yeah but like nothing like all the houses they're old like all the like hers is like i think it was like 1770 was built really? in like new hampshire or something like that or maine and got shipped up huh and uh it's right across from the harbor like it's pretty nice um, like we like she's done a lot of work in it they have i went and installed a kitchen there in january this year and it's coming along but huh. uh but yeah it's uh so yeah, we made the move in September. So my dad's, we we had like our last British Superbike race was would have been Croft, which is like one of our local tracks to us. It's like north of England. So we we raced there and uh, would have been like end of August, okay, uh, maybe or maybe early August because the the everything got shipped out kind of mid August. Um, my dad left his uh, Suzuki GSXR one thousand there to sell. And we created up my race bike, my uh, Honda GP125, and brought that over with the with all the furniture and stuff. And um, the day the day the movers came to our house 
to move to here. My dad and I were gone to Germany. I was gone riding bikes oh, and my, left my mom to Deal pack the whole house. Um, so yeah, we made the move in September and then, which worked out well for school. Like I moved right into grade nine. Yeah. And uh, which was like an easy transition. Sure. Because you have like a few schools uh, coming together. So it's easier for to kind of fit in rather than jump in when everybody's already kind of acquainted so yeah. it was nice to, it was a good time for me to come in and uh then yeah especially like the whole first semester i already done all the work so it was like easy to like kind of be more social what do you mean you'd done all the work like, like you guys were a semester ahead in scotland yeah pretty much yeah. Okay. well actually uh, even more i was just my, like my sister moved in a whole year ahead mm. but uh i'm not as smart i guess mm. and i got put in the same grade and uh so yeah so it was great like science class could just chill and like yeah. do the work and it was all done and, like it was easy so yeah it was good and then that year that april we started was we we're at shannonville for the for the first ever time it was like i remember it's four degrees pouring rain we were riding the back track the fabby track yeah there was two days test it was fabby one day and like nelson the next day for the regional stuff and my dad and I went down in our Dodge caravan with a, with, I don't even think we had the trailer. I think we just had the bike in the caravan, like the stone go seats, yeah. put the bike in. And uh, that's when we met Kenny and oh, Jody yeah. Christie for the first time. And I was like the only one on track, four degrees raining. And these guys are like, what is wrong with this kid? And you're like, like, this is normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was like, this is, this is it. Like, this is luxury. Usually would be if it's raining and, in Scotland, and we're riding this time of year, it could be snowing, right? Yeah. And, um, so, yeah. And, like, you know, the kind of, I guess, the rest is history. We, you know, was we've loved it here. It's an unreal life we have. And as you said, like, all the times with the boys, like, I wouldn't have that lifestyle at home. I probably wouldn't be racing bikes if I still lived back in Scotland. So, so when did you start? Like, did your dad race bikes? Yeah, my dad raced. Um, he grew up racing bikes? No, he, okay. he was a street rider. Okay. Um, him and he, they had, like, a handful of 10 guys all street riding and um then it got to the point the guys were like hey you should maybe go on the track right and uh you know he he wrote he bought a bike went track day riding and then yeah just went racing yeah there so that would have been i mean obviously i was around i was born in 93 and he i would say it would have been 2001 2002 he started racing yeah um so he would have been like I don't know, my dad was born in 68, and that's 2000, so, yeah, like, 35. Right. 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have uh, started, yeah, like, yeah, like, mid-30s. Yeah, mid-30s, yeah. He would have started riding, and then, uh, yeah, done a bunch of local stuff, and then did the British Superbike Superstock Championship. He did, cool. Yeah, and then that, again, there was, like, a summer, I think it was maybe 05 or 06, like, we were gone nine weeks straight, nine weekends straight, yeah. just racing bikes. Yeah. And between, like, me doing local stuff and my dad, because I wasn't allowed to race British Championships until I was 14. So, so I only did three races before I moved here. Oh, of the, oh really? At, in the British Oh, in the British Championship. I could do stuff in Scotland, and I could okay. do, like, regional kind of club events, yeah. but I couldn't do any anything national until I was 14. With so the would the, the British Championship, would that be comparable to the Canadian Championship? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I, I mean, honestly, like, it's more comparable to, like, World Superbikes. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you look at World Superbike as results. As far as the competition? Yeah. Like, yeah. guys, guys, you know, like, when they used to do, they used to race Brands Hatch. Yeah. Um, Like, back in, like, I mean, even nowadays it's a bit different because the rules have changed a lot with the way the British Superbike rules are. But, like, if you, like, anything from, like, 2000 to 2010, if a 
BSB rider did a World Superbike race at like Brands Hatch or Donington. Like they were on the podium and oh right. four Shane Byrne, he won both World Superbike races as wow. a British Superbike rider. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty nice. And John Reynolds turned second and he and uh, like they battled for the win. They were one two in a World Superbike race. So it's it's pretty darn stacked. Yeah. So So how did uh how did you fare in those three races? Um so I I mean not great. I was like I'm fourteen year old kid. Like yeah. on like yeah, I didn't do well. And what were you you were running a full like a full super bike? Like a no, full I, I, like a one twenty five. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like uh yeah, just a Honda yeah, Honda yeah. engine in it. And um yeah, like I didn't did not do like I I mean I was not terrible. Like I qualified, sure. I was in the top twenty. Yeah. But like I definitely am you know, where where I'm at now in my life racing bikes. You know, a lot of people can people some kids just click when they're like young. Sure. And just boom. Yeah. Some it takes time to get going and for me it's definitely taking time yeah you know there's guys that were beating me then that could probably not they wouldn't be able to beat me now and yeah. like you know vice versa so it's uh I th- you know i definitely had had a bit of struggles and i feel like a lot of, some people struggle on the small smaller bikes sure but uh but yeah it's i went back in 2014 and raced super stock and had some good results we had a challenging year with the equipment we were on yeah but uh but yeah, it's it's definitely a different different league over there. Huh. So you came here and you were running six hundreds. Yeah, I uh, went from the one twenty fives onto the two fifties in the states, and then from there, the kind of the natural progression was yeah, the six hundreds, and then and stay racing down south. And so you go, kept racing in yeah, the AMA stuff. Yeah, in the AMA okay. because you know it was one of those things like everybody we're racing against was doing AMA, so it made sense just to go that way with everybody else and. Uh, my first race up in Canada, kind of at national level, wasn't until I think it was twenty thirteen. I did most sport, yeah, and it was like me, Kenny, Jody battling for the win. I think Kenny won those. I was and um, which we actually watched a few weeks ago, which oh, was yeah. pretty funny. He was over, and they were over having a beer and watched those old races, which was cool. And uh, so yeah, and then then from there, two thousand fourteen, we went. I went back to BSB for the year, yeah, on Superstock one thousand, and. Uh, and had a tough time. Like it was like the team environment. It was, I mean, teams are tough, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, don't. I, I got to a point I wanted to quit racing. It was that bad, really. And yeah, which is really unfortunate because obviously I was over there. My parents were here. Yeah, and I'm not letting them know everything because like last thing I want them to do is is worry. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a really tough season. We had some good results. We had some times, but. Um, the championship was like so elevated that year. Like the time, like the times we were doing on those on those bikes were like equal to superbike times. Really, and which were on a stock bike, um, and it was like the whole pace. Like nothing had changed from 2013 to 14. The bikes I was using the same bike. The guy in 2013, the team I rode for, rode. The tires hadn't changed. It was just the guys in it came back. Some a few guys came back from superbike, and it just elevated it and. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And like lap times I was doing was, I would have been winning races the year before and on the podium and this year, and then you're like, you're finishing 15th. Right. Like it makes, it made no sense. It was nuts. What were, like, what were some of the challenges there? Uh, the biggest thing was, so the Tommy Aquino, who was supposed to be my teammate for 2014, uh, unfortunately he passed away in the January in a motocross accident and oh, he was American. Yeah. And, um, the day before we were supposed to fly out for the team launch. Unfortunately, he had oh. a motocross accident, and, and uh, so that that was obviously tough. So we managed to get a new teammate, but uh, the biggest thing was Tommy rode to that bike the year before, 
and it was this was kind of they had a base set up for tommy which is awesome obviously it worked for tommy but riding bikes is so different sure like, you move your body mm, 10 mil right it's a huge difference like i know like for you guys you're strapped in a seat you have obviously it's it, for you it's down to feel yeah like obviously we have a lot of feel but the biggest is our body weight input and like right. what we can move around um and we were just two different riders but it was right. like this is what tommy ran this is how we're gonna go oh. and it's like well it doesn't work for me and we just struggled with bike setup and we actually had uh we had corn dog john cornwall come yeah, over yeah. for uh for one of the races and like found some issues with the suspension and we got it all sorted out that weekend and uh i went literally from running like 20th every weekend to finishing like i think i finished eighth and like five seconds off the win yeah. like it was nuts and then the next weekend again we're like boom competitive because we found what i needed as a base setup and uh so that was really tough and again just being away from home i was living with the team for me being away from home wasn't it was fine uh, you know but it was living with the team i was in it like 24 7 right my teammate was like trashing bikes every weekend <laughs> yeah. and i was like can you go get this part or can you work on that bike and it's just like it was tough so whenever i could i'd hop on the train and go north to scotland four hour train journey yeah uh, and go stay with family and uh but yeah it was it was a tough one it was especially like my first like full like team environment mm. uh and uh, so for that it was it would be nice to get another shot in 2015 but then we came back to racing in the states uh, back on a 600 for the inaugural year of moto america right so right which so was what was fun. what was the goal like to go to go to do the the british series was it like okay here's a you know a place where i'm going to get exposure i'm going to run with a good team like maybe i can yeah, whatever go to, it was that was yeah. that was the goal and then like you know it's like you get in that picture and then you do well and that's it like you're kind of not the rest is history but like you can your trajectory is on a rocket right sure and you're that's what you're aiming for but things just don't happen obviously as you know racing life just doesn't happen the way you want it to go and uh which is tough because you know it's not a waste of a year mm. because the, the experiences that i i went through i learned a lot from but it would be nice to have another go at it in 2015. What was tough also is like, I'm racing against guys that I've raced those tracks since they were kids. Yeah. And I knew every single track, the back of my hand, but I'd never been on them. Mm. Like I'd know Brands Hatch, I know Silverstone. I'd only rode three, two of the tracks because one of them that I rode before was not even on the calendar anymore. I rode two of the tracks that we went to, but I knew every single one because I was there as a kid. I was riding it riding around on my bicycle yeah but it's obviously so different riding at speed so i guess it's better than nothing yeah but you had a 20 minute practice and then you had two 20 minute qualifiers, and then boom into a race and it's like trying to go against guys that had been on those tracks not only that year previously but also had raced that since they were 12 13 years old and now you're 25 yeah and i'm like showing up for a 20 minute practice and like all right let's go let's jump the bike at cadwell let's do this let's do that right. it's like it's tough right it, it was tough so it would have been good to have another year at it um but at the end of the day it is what it is we couldn't figure out a deal with with another team and we we figured out a deal to go racing in the u.s so in that way right so the goal there so say you know you show up you win the championship are you off to moto gp no for that you would have been off the, so like that was the super stock level so then you the next see the neck you would move up to the super bike okay and then yeah potentially you could there's a few guys jake dixon rory skinner there and well rory just lost he'd ride in moto two but 
they they went from British Superbike to Moto Two, right? And they're they're in the Moto Two Championship. But guys have went from BSB a year in World Superbikes and went to MotoGP. It's tough nowadays, as as you know, in racing, there's so much politics involved mm-hmm. within the racing series. Who you know, right place at right time, and just if your face fits, right? Right. My biggest weakness is like social media. I sure, hate, I hate it. Yeah, I like I love it. I, like it's great to look at my phone, and scroll <laughs> yeah. Instagram, but like I do not post the like I'm not selling myself. Right, like all I'm thinking about if I'm like posting a picture to like sell myself, I'm like, oh, but my buddies hate seeing this. You know, like they're probably <laughs> yeah. gonna roast me for this, yeah. or you're gonna like to me. It gets to the point like you're going to get people unfollow you because like no, I want to see you, not like you trying to sell this bottle of water. Right? Yeah, like it's tough, and. uh so yeah, it's like that. You anyway, you need to fit the belt to go racing in MotoGP, and like, it's tough. But if you've not, if you're not like on that that ladder from like twelve to fourteen years old, sure, you're not you're not getting there. Like that's the harsh reality of it, and it's to me like that's just being realistic. Yeah, right. You need to just be realistic on things, and uh, you know you can't go car shopping for a million dollar car if you don't have a million bucks yeah does that right so well to like to that point i guess uh i was talking to chase cabry his will come out next week um nascar dude down in the states and we were talking a lot about like just the reality of that stepping stone from say trucks to xfinity to cup and there's you know one two guys who are there on pure talent and someone else is writing the check and everyone else's family or yeah. a B2B deal is writing yeah. the check for 3 million bucks yeah. for the season. Is it much different with the bike stuff? Like, is there a lot more manufacturer support? And obviously the cost to run a season is way less than something like that. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely has less, lesser cost. Um, it happens though. Like, yeah. unfortunately, like money does talk. There's a lot of talented guys that you've seen come and go that are, that just can't, they, they, like they just they don't have the support to go that all that way right you know there's guys that i've know like i've raced with that i've beat and they're on the world level now and it's just like and you're like think to yourself like just if i had the one shot yeah you know what i mean like just one shot just give me one shot to prove but even at that sometimes it doesn't matter like well just like that some, season right and yeah. and everyone you know one shot is is almost impossible to do it in because you're not going to be comfortable on the bike you're not gonna be the equipment and then you know the freaking whatever the chain breaks you yeah. know like no 100 so, things are meant to be and yeah. some things aren't right so yeah. that's that is life and uh but yeah no it's very well the same there's i feel like there's a lot like i don't know how to put this like obviously like i was saying like the bike the riding side is like more influential than the car driving side for you it's feel sure and i feel like the way the industry is in car racing is is, is just money driven 100 percent, right and obviously motorcycle is to a point but like it's still very passionate mm. um like i mean i don't know like 20 2018 jordan and i were battling for the championship mathematically i still could have won it he blows an engine up, didn't have another engine. I gave him an engine for the weekend at CTMP. Right. Like, I don't think you see that stuff mm. in car racing at yeah. a national level. I'd agree. Um, so, like... To some degree, I guess. Yeah, yeah. like, there's guys that will 100%, yeah. right? But, but like, for a championship, for a that's championship. rare. Yeah, so it's like... Um, again, like, I was mathematically still could have, but, like, 
But then again, if he didn't race, I could have won it. But still, that's who wants to win it that way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like we are, there is guys that um for sure like a, like are like on a different level financially that can go all that way. But I don't even think like they're they're not even in the same. They're not even racing with us at this point. They're already gone to Spain because, like I said, like your your year is like. 12 14 and like that's the window so like those kids are already in spain right now right you know doing whatever to try and to get to that point right but uh but no for sure like i said there was guys i raced against younger that are now in the world stage and and that i'd be and it's tough to it's a tough one but now like obviously i'm older like perspective's a big thing and it's like you still root for them it's not like sure it's not like I'm watching them being like, oh, that could yeah. be me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because, like, again, I could, like, something drastic could have happened that, you know, that I could be sitting here in a wheelchair, not in this chair, right? So sure. it's like things happen for a reason. And, uh, but it's tough to, it's tough sometimes. Yeah. For sure. When so what was, uh, I know Kenny struggled a bit going down to the States doing the AMA stuff. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Um, for me, it was good. I think it was very different for Kenny and I because Kenny was, on he was in that team atmosphere as much as it was Roland and Kenny and John going racing like they were very influenced with Triumph and they had the the lattice uh motorsports team um and all the, the those guys like helping influence his program which is obviously a huge benefit right you're trying to take all the information you can for your equipment to make it better and and better yourself as well reading data and such um so i think we had a very different path when they had as again as much as it was still kenny roland and john going down it was uh they had that support with it, it was just me and my dad oh and so then, you guys went down like you weren't yeah involved with a factory no, it was just my dad and i and we got we got with a guy uh jerry daggett for half a year and unfortunately just Jerry's health wasn't great, so he wasn't able to join us for the last half. But uh, we had a really successful time just just us going at it. Cool. And um, and that helped open the windows for 2014 to get kind of looked at and got the phone call for that team over over uh, overseas. But uh, so yeah, it was just us going down, which is fun. Um, but again, still it's tough. Like we're Corn Dog was working with us, but corn dog was also working with like 15 other guys right so like i'm not rolling into the pits and i'm like john the front's doing this it's just like rolling into the pits like maybe we'll try to have a stab at this yeah and then uh, like an hour after corn dogs coming around all right what's going on yeah, yeah <laughs> you know yeah. it's it, it was tough um so yeah we made the most of it but then when i went back down in 15 we had that team atmosphere we were on a yamaha supported team Okay. Um, the Road Race Factory team, which was awesome. My teammate was Jake Gagne. He won the championship in Superstock that year and is now like three in a row Superbike champion. So, and um, Jake, Cam Peterson, who's also, is Cam's now Jake's teammate on the Factory Yamaha team. And uh, Thomas Puerta, uh, a Colombian who has won a few uh, AMA championships back in back in the day. And uh, so, yeah, we had a good, great like atmosphere with the team. Um we just couldn't figure out the chassis. Uh, Penske was the suspension we were using, and it was just tough. Like worked unreal, unreal grip in the rain. You look look at a rain practice one, two, three, like three of us, right? Like unreal. But in the dry, we just couldn't get it figured out. Huh. It was tough. Well, I I couldn't, the, and the guys, I like the guys struggled as well. Yeah. Um. So some of us did a bit better than the others. I was, I think I was, I was running. I was the kind of lead guy in points wise up until 
halfway through more more consistency than anything of course you know like we all had podiums that year which is which was cool yeah super um, cool but uh but yeah and then unfortunately i had a bad get off at, at miller in utah and uh woke up in the medical center and that was that was me out for obviously that weekend and then i missed indianapolis the weekend after as well and and then we on and then we had one more f- for the end of the year so it, over. it was yeah it was tough but what was that wreck pardon me how did that wreck go down um we were i think we just had too hard of a tire like, yeah do you know miller well no, you're over no. there it's unreal altitude bikes super slow because yeah. you're at altitude right, right? you're like seven thousand meters or something like yeah that. and uh anyway corner three is like third fourth gear like fast like 140 miles an hour maybe and just the, i just high sided Oof. like back came around and launched me and i went over the handlebars i remember like the initial launch and then that was it but <sighs> i once my boots the soles were ripped off of the heels to like to from the heels to the toes of the boots so i'm assuming i landed heels first going backwards which would have ripped the soles back Jeez. and then came back and just hit your honky like out and like that bad that Hayden Gillum, uh, one of the guys, Hayden went past and I was obviously, he seen the crash and seen me just ragdolled and then went, finished that lap. And I, he was, he thought like I was done. Cause like I was still down that next lap. Like I was, I was out and I was fortunate. It's not a common place for people to crash. So there's no marshals there, but there was a guy setting up the TV camera and he was an actually, he was an army vet oh. and a medic in the army so he luckily he was first on first on the scene and uh i mean i'm sure i would have been fine regardless hopefully but yeah. it's always nice to know that you're taken care of so he uh he was on the scene my parents were um they were at a restaurant and they were oliver and bonicini in the village having <laughs> a dinner that they got gifted to them um and they were sitting having the dinner and the wait and uh they got the phone call like, oh what's ben's health insurance oh, and geez. i just remember being on the phone like I can't even remember if it was my mom or my dad, but I was just like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> and like I didn't even know what I was sorry for. Like you're super confused, yeah. eh? And I was, yeah, I was. I remember waking up out of my suit, and then, or I was in my suit, and then waking up again out of my suit, and then I was kind of dazed for the, obviously the rest of the day, and then they wanted me to go to the hospital and get a CAT scan, and uh, Jake Gagne's dad, Mark, was like, "I'll take you to the hospital." And you know what it's like when you get guys in rental cars. Yeah. Like, God, like Mark is ripping this rental car. And I've like just had a concussion and whiplash. <sighs> and I'm like, boom, flying back and forward. <laughs> Go to the hospital, get a CT scan. And then I'll say for the rest of the weekend, I was sidelined. But uh, yeah, that was like definitely one of my bigger ones that I was able to kind of walk away from. Was that, have you had worse injuries than that? Um thankfully touched with nothing too drastic like that one was pretty bad because i did all my i did a bunch of ligaments in my ankle mm. and it was to the point that like i got a bunch of uh bunch of x-rays and stuff in it and like they were they were, they said like we you should like if only you just broke it because it was that bad like mm. i still like i'd say the last two years has been good for me with the ankle but it's taken that long to get to that point and that was 2015 <sighs> So unfortunately, it was quite a while. Like I couldn't run for a while. Like I'd be able to run, I'd get like maybe a week to two weeks of running, like every couple of days, and then it, I just couldn't. And it used to be the point too, like in the winter when it was cold, like I 
I couldn't like I would always have to wear ankle brace to work and stuff. So I think that was definitely one of the bigger lingering ones. Thankfully, the other ones have just been you know like a like a broken bone, yeah, like or a dislocate or, or just like just badly bruised. Right, um, you don't have the fingers like Kenny no, and Trevor. No, no thank goodness. <laughs> you mean, just if, get off like, the bike. They're a bit crooked, but like yeah. they're not like pointing <laughs> the wrong way. Yeah. Like, jeez, yeah, Trevor's are bad, and Kenny's is bad too. Um, yeah, I've you know I've done a bit of damage to them with the hands, but nothing, thankfully. Yeah, drastic. I mean, I'm sure I'll be paying for it when I'm older. That's for sure. Sure, sure. How many concussions have you had? Um. I'd, I'd only see again not nothing near as bad as Kenny. I think Kenny can't count anymore on what how many he's had. Yeah. Um. I think maybe only like three or four. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Very that's low. good to. Yeah. Yeah. And you do them like back to back, then you're in, you're in more trouble for sure. Well, again, like Kenny and his are like snowboarding days too. Like, yeah. Like that, that. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So back to Canada. How do you? Do you get hooked up with your BMW, right? Yeah. So and how did that deal come about? Yeah. So twenty. So after twenty fifteen, again, tough year in the US. Uh, but it was like one of those like, wh- like we want to have fun racing bikes again. Just had yeah. two two years on teams that like we had our good times, but like it was still a struggle. And was it like, you know, you're struggling, and then there's all this added pressure. It's not just you and your dad like to answer to. Not so much the pressure. I I don't know. Like it's more just again, just like some politics involved and you know it's it's always tough being racing in the u.s when you're not american Mm. like so like no american company is going to sponsor you because you're not american it's like trying to find a sponsor in quebec yeah and no Canadian's (laughs) going to sponsor you because you're racing the states so it's it's like that ongoing thing and then and uh then yeah like it's i don't know it's there's a lot a lot of things and maybe some things are better left unsaid and it was just just yeah just tough so we uh so yeah we kind of made the decision like we chat to a few guys and they were like come race super bikes in canada and kenny was you know one of them because kenny's kenny did his rookie year on Superbike in 2015 on the all white yeah yeah and um and i was like yeah and again like i raced kenny raced with him since i was like 14 years old it right. was like it was only natural like, my buddy's doing that like let's go do that right um, so then at that point though it's like okay we're going to Canada this is an end in itself mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be you know I'm not trying to make a living at this anymore like I'm not trying to get my one shot well still, was it? yeah like still like I mean to this day sitting here like sure. I'm still yeah. trying to hang on to that I'm still yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for sure like it's um is yeah. there but is it like is there an age thing to that I think so but again like I said like I feel like physically the best i've ever been i'm only like i'm 30 yeah best physically i've ever been and the the i'd say like the best i've ever rode a bike as well sure yeah um so i don't like obviously like by the time you're getting into like mid 30s like it's kind of like came out like time to okay to hang out but like i've definitely got like i'm definitely still in my prime and yeah and if not climbing sure i I I personally think yeah um so so yeah like there's there is a bit of hope there still for that but uh but yeah, like 2016, we went to the motorcycle show in Toronto at the at the um, Enicare Center, wherever yep. wherever it's called now, and um, we had a meeting with Yamaha, Kawasaki, and BMW, and Yamaha was actually offering the most, but like the guys at BMW, we felt right at home, mm. and it was like you could tell that the the honesty was right there. It was like we can 
we're not sure we can do this, but we'll try. You know what I mean? Like there, it wasn't like, yes, this we're going to give you. And then a, a month later, I'd be like, no, nah, sorry, you're not getting it. You know, like the honesty was there. The connection was there with the guys. So we, we started going and, and as things got going, like they, they did way more than they even initially mm. said they were able to help us. And at that time too, Jordan Zoke was racing for BMW. Okay. So it was tough. So it wasn't just like I was the only BMW guy. I had Jordan and like a handful of other guys on BMWs that I was like try, had to try and beat because again, you want to be their top guy. Right. And um, so yeah, we actually got a bunch of got parts from Jordan at the beginning of the year because like just trying to get a bike together was tough getting bikes built because um, the 2016 was a new bike. For uh, for it was different, or sorry, to the fifteen was a new bike. So Jordan had stuff from fifteen, but it was still tough to get. But stuff in sixteen, um. So we got all the got stuff we needed. Like we still went to round one with like stock brakes, which was super sketchy. By like the end of the race, like things coming into the bar, going through corner one at Shannonville, like, just holding it, and <laughs> it's like hopefully we stop. And uh, so yeah, it was it that year was like super fun. It was like the mindset was you know hire who you want. Okay. As crew. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, just fire the guys and then okay. try and find somebody else. Yeah. Um, we hired Scott Cartier and Willie Vass and they're still with with those with us to this day in our program. And obviously my dad's involved as well. He helps work on the bike. Um, he does the tires and the fuel. Yeah. Um and then yeah, Scott's the mechanic and uh Willie crew chief and uh yeah, it's awesome. So that was twenty sixteen and then uh had a good year. That year, I think uh, Kenny and Jordan went at it for the championship. Jordan won it. And then 17 was kind of the same. And then at the end of 18, um, at this point, Kenny hadn't won a superbike race. And I feel like he was just mentally beat. Like, he was just like, it was like, you could see it in him. Like, he, he wanted to win, but he he just mentally was like knowing that he couldn't, like, he hit a wall. Yeah. And then we went to CTMP for the final race. And uh, I think I put it on pole, and I won the I won the Saturday race, and then you could just like see like a switch going Kenny, and the next day he that won. you beat Jordan, yeah. The yeah. next day he won, yeah. And then then twenty nineteen comes around, we go to Shannonville, and I won the Shan. We only had one race. I won Shannonville, which was round one. But then again, Kenny finished like point three behind me in second place and beat Jordan. Like it was just like as soon as he realized, not realized, like yeah, it, yeah but he never thought the guy was unbeatable. But you know what I mean? It just takes something like that, like, and then it switched for him, and he was like, boom, and which is awesome to see because like we were so like that's so cool. Like you win your first superbike race, and one of your best buddies wins his first superbike race the next day. Like I was pretty stoked on that. Obviously, we've been sick to do the double. Yeah, but yeah. like. At the same time, it didn't change anything for the championship, and and in my head, like it, it's tough to. It would have been tough to celebrate that around your buddy when yeah. he'd he'd be bummed because. But then knowing that we both had a win was like it was super cool, right? And uh, so you won the championship that year. So not in eighteen, but twenty nineteen. Yeah. Right, twenty nineteen yeah. we went on, and, and then, that was your first. That was the first one was twenty nineteen, and uh, yeah, Kenny Kenny did the he did round one in the last round, and yeah. again I think he won. I think he won one in the last round. I had a crazy crash. That was one of the, another bad. Was one. that the corner Concon- two crash yeah. that you posted on Instagram? Turn two concussion. Dude. Yeah, like it, you just like what happened? So they like cleaned the front. They cleaned the track on. So we would have qualified Saturday morning. Yeah, we usually qualify Friday night. It's our Friday afternoon at CTMP, 
and we had qualifier tires. I remember we went into turn five, and it was pouring rain. So they're like, hey, kibosh this. We're going to qualify in the morning. So I was like, okay. So they cleaned the track Friday night with, I guess, stuff they usually clean the track with when you guys are there. But we don't clean the track. It's like take the sweeper out, and that's it. But they actually used, like, a detergent on the track. Really? And, like, guys, like, so sport bike time, like, a fast time would be, like, a 123. Three to one twenty-four. Okay, guys, we're doing like thirty-three to thirty-four. Ross Melson, who now owns the series in CSBK, destroyed his bike at corner four, like doing like a thirty-four because the track was so bad. Like the bike came back in a front end loader. <sighs> it was terrible. So then the, everything was delayed for hours as they cleaned the track. And I came out qualifier tire, came in the pets, seeing I was second. I was like, like this sus. So I like go back out put in a heater, like a fast lap, put it on pole, and they say you get two laps out of this tire. So I come out of one, and then the bike drifts from one, and you want to go to the outside to then. The goal on the superbike is you just kiss the limiter at third gear yep. at the bridge, and then that's you, like, and then it settles the bike in nice, go down the hill, just a bit of roll off and a bit of front brake. I came in and went to turn. I'm just waiting to hit the limiter, and then the front just, boom, gone. I literally ran a foot wider than I usually do, hit that stuff. And then obviously at that point, your trajectory is just straight into the wall. Yeah. And uh, I woke up and <sighs> Steve Wright standing over me, who's a volunteer with this series. And uh, Steve's like, do you know who I am? I'm like, yes, Steve. Do you know who <laughs> yeah. I am? Yeah. And again, like this is Saturday and like, I need to race a super bike. And at this was at 12. I need to race at three to went to right for the championship. Right. So like I wake up and like, obviously you never say you have a concussion. Right. Right. So right. like I completely play off like no concussion. I hop in the safety car, which is But is like, your helmet like cracked in half? Uh, no, it was, it was, it was spidered in the inside a bit, but like, <laughs> thankfully it wasn't too bad because I hit, I remember sliding backwards looking, I think I was looking, I was looking that way and I could see the wall coming at you and then boom wake up and steve's in front of me <laughs> so it was uh i hop the safety car comes around they bring the ambulance around because obviously i was down for a bit and uh and they're like oh do you want to take the ambulance back i'm like no, i'm not i'm not concussed no I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll hop in the safety car so i hop in this cadillac like cts and the, obviously they never get to reel this thing so they're like any chance they have of doing a hot lap they're taking it so i'm again <laughs> again just like this whole rental car thing with mark i'm in the i'm in the rental car or the the safety car and he's railing down four and then through five a and b and i'm like in the back anyway we get back to the med center and then at this point obviously like i you know it's you know the protocols like do not repeat yourself Right, right, right. That's right. like <laughs> the first thing of like making sure is don't repeat yourself. So I'm, and I think I'd repeat, I, Kenny came by and I did, I remember him coming by later in the day again and asked me, oh, how are you doing? And I went to explain what happened and I was like, oh no, wait, I told you already. I caught myself midway. Anyway, <laughs> I was like in the med center and then I was like, I was fine. Everything was fine. Emotions were fine. Like I'm okay. And then my parents came in and then I just like broke down. I was like in tears. I'm like, I've ruined this. Like. I've thrown away the championship yeah. like this. I'm an idiot. Like, I can't believe it for pole position. Like, why? Anyway, you know, just to prove a point of like, you are you know, it was really not looking back. Like, it's a story, but like, I wouldn't have done that. Like, yeah. I, I'd do it differently. Um, But, you know, it's pride on the line at the time. And uh, anyway, so we rolled into that race and here I am on pole position. 
I was riding the bike three. I'm not even riding the same bike. Right, spare and bike. And we, we have to dyno the bike after as well. And this bike was buckled. Like the rear wheel was buckled. We have to run this. You have to dyno with the fuel. You can change the tire, but you have to dyno with the fuel you had. And again, I'm out the medical center. The guys are, they get the bike. Wait, is you got to dyno the bike after right quality. Right qualifying okay. to make sure it's legal. Right. So the bike is under a cover. And the, then the tech guys pull off and say to the guys, you have 10 minutes to look at this bike. You cannot touch it. 10 minutes to look at it, see what you need to make it running. And then you have 10 minutes to work on it. And my guys are like, we roll the toolbox over there. They're starting, the, the wheel was buckled. I have it on the, it's in my garage now on next to my rowing machine. It's like <laughs> as a piece of art, the <laughs> tank was smashed and the fuel pump actually broke inside the tank. Like the, the base of it was still attached, but the pump, the rest, it was, you could shake the whole thing and the pump is like moving inside. It was such an impact. The every, anyway, so the guys like were snipping wires and just like cutting the wiring harness to just direct wire and everything to make it run. Yeah. Um, the fuel pump is destroyed. So I run back to the other bike, take the tank off, put it on. They're like, oh, it needs to be the same fuel. So I'm literally dumping the gas out of that one that's like almost full because it's ready to roll into the grass and then we're getting the other tank and I, I've barely got a funnel and I'm like dumping it on top of the other one to try and get it in so we're running the same fuel and um, then we get it on the dyno and every time he decels in the dyno it's just water it's just pissing out the rad right it's because once it has pressure it's good and then decels <laughs> and it, the, you should have seen the exhaust like you couldn't even see through the exhaust that thing was that kinked and um yeah, like it dynoed. It was way under power because obviously like all the damage yeah, to the yeah. bike. Like <laughs> it was, it was like it was like ten to fifteen horsepower less. And uh so we managed to get that running cleared for pole. So here I am, like on the grid pole position. Confused. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> um and I hate wearing new gear too. Like okay, I don't yeah. know if like I wear the same helmet all year and pretty much the same leathers. Like okay. unless I have like obviously a bad crash and I just like getting things comfy. Yeah. It yeah. sounds disgusting, but like it's not that disgusting. Like, but it's comfy. Yeah. And here I have like new helmet, new suit. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and this bike that, you know, I think I'd maybe used in like a practice in the rain or something. So, but we know the bike's dialed. Like we had them pretty well equal and on pole. So the guys are like, you know what? I th we had to finish one behind Zokes to okay. win the championship. And this is a whole race. This is a whole race early. Like this is on Saturday. I still could have won on the Sunday. Even if I finished like, like, 10th place I could have finished 10th the next day but obviously you want to get it done and out the way with yeah so we um anyway we get the but I get get a decent start we run a harder tire just so it's a bit slower but it'll come back to life at the end when everybody's spinning up I'm like it's a safe choice gives me time to get my head in the game yeah and get the head down and get going and then yeah I think we end up finishing third place and clinch the clinch my first championship that day and then all like all the boys were there. They're all partying outside of corner two, yeah. which was like super fun. I had like a rental BMW scooter or, or like a, a loaner for the weekend. Like would buzz out, visit them, yeah. Uh, like had a couple of beers with them. It was super fun barbecue, and uh, and then yeah, the next day I woke up like could barely move my neck. Oh, I bet. Yeah, like, I was going down, and and then in race two, going down the back street, full talking. You have the draft, and your head's just like wobbling, right? And I was like. I couldn't do it. Like, it was so sore. I finished the race, like, fourth or fifth, I think. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it was a relief to get the championship wrapped up the day before. No but quite the, quite the way to do it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so don't need to do that again. So then, uh, then what, you win the championship again the next year? Yeah, so then, so that was 19, and then... And we, you, like, you think you've been, did you, 
did you make like quantum leaps or slow progression? Like, you, you know, you're saying you're probably at your best you've ever ridden. Yeah. I f- you, like, did you find a bunch of confidence that year? Yeah. I feel like that year too, we got, we became like, so Jordan went to Cowie. So that, ge- that gave us the number one, num- the number one pri- like BMW seat. And then Jordan was obviously number one from 18 on the Cowie. And um, yeah, like we, I think I won and led every lap for the first two rounds. And then we went to, we went to St. Stash and, and Jordan's really good around there. Like I was, we battled for the win and I was like, I was happy with that. Like he celebrated, I'd never seen him celebrate a championship. Like the way he celebrated that win. Like it was, it was a hard fought win. So like, it was a real, it was good. It was, I was really happy to be fighting with him. Never like, because again, I was never close to him at that track. He was that good there. And, um, and then, yeah, so like we just kind of made progressions as the bite as the year went on. In nineteen, went to Germany for a BMW Awards, and then cool spoke to all those guys, and then they were like, "Yeah, like go back, win another championship, and then we'll have you over to Europe." Okay, COVID hits. Ugh. then it's like okay. Um, so the series, so we were supposed to obviously start in like May two fours usually or or weekend yeah. to start. And uh, they had uh, they had nothing going on, right. obviously. Um, I went up to Calabogie to ride the new bike. A new bike came out, 2020, completely different. Like, nothing was the same on this bike. Went up to Calabogie, and then rumors started going, oh, we're going racing at Calabogie in, like, a month. And everybody thought I was there because they were racing there. I was like, no, I'm just here to ride my bike, have fun. Right. And they, they held a race there at Calabogie. And then they held one at CTMP and called it a national championship. That was in for twenty the two rounds in twenty twenty. And I didn't show. I I was going to like I was gonna even go watch. Kenny raced CTMP. Trevor got Trevor was not allowed to go due to COVID because he was traveling from the States. Oh, and he had obligations so. to withhold with Suzuki. So yeah. so Kenny rode the Suzuki that weekend. And um yeah, I was so that was that Monday after, or that or the Sunday, I I hit the road to go out west for a road trip, and that like that was me. I was like, I'm not going. You're not. I don't want anything to do with. It. I was like, no. Like BMW, we had a conversation, and it pretty much, the, the you can race if you want, but we don't support it. So like, if anything happened, yeah. it was all on. It was all on me. And Why? That Just because it was a two race deal. Like yeah, like yeah, it was a it was a, a joke. joke. Yeah, it was a joke, and uh, so they ended up. After a protest to the M- the MCC, they end up declaring it a, a national championship for the year. Um, but uh, but yeah, that wasn't to me. No, to me, I was I was happy. Like even twenty one was we had Calabogie CTMP and then Calabogie again. Yeah, so I obviously raced in twenty one, and I finished second in the championship that year, and then we roll into twenty two, which I won. Yeah, and that was the first full year. Right. So to me. Obviously, Ed, I mean, it's tough to say. Some people are going to say, like, oh, you're only looking at it that way because that was, those are COVID years and you won. But yeah. I was like, well, no. Like, the way I see it is, like, I want a full schedule in 19. I want a full schedule in, in the next time it happened, which is 22. Yeah. Like, it's like it was it's tough in 21 to declare a championship when you only go to two tracks. Yeah. And in 20, at least you go to the two tracks twice. But you know what's like? You, you'll have guys that are, like, amazing at CTMP, but you'll roll up to... I don't know if like anywhere else, like you go to Toronto Indy and it's like obviously street course different, but yeah. this guy's nowhere. Like right. same thing. Right. So it's, uh, 
that was that was tough. So to to put the, together a full schedule again in twenty two was good. The, the series did a good job in that, and uh, and then again, so to win it was it was yeah. awesome because they always say like winning your second is harder than your first one, and I, I uh, yeah I'd say so. Especially obviously we had a lot of roadblocks in the way that we shouldn't have with like COVID, and uh, so but it was funny like twenty one. Like they had no prize payout for the championship, nothing. And BMW had this award called the BMW Race Trophy. So every race series around the world, if you race a BMW, you're scored in this championship. Okay. That is so your race series is rated on difficulty. Yep. And then you earn X amount of points. Right. So like a win here might be worth twenty five points, but a win in in I don't know, Japanese Superbike might be worth twenty. Or it might be worth thirty. Like depends how they rate the championships. Right. I ended up winning like the overall. I, the, the overall, I had I think I had like eighty six points, eighty six point eighty six, which is my race number. Cool. And the guy in second place was like eighty six. Even I won it by like point eight six of a point, and I won a this BMW motorbike, like motorcycle, the M one thousand double R, which like retails for like forty grand. Cool. And I'm like I didn't win. Like I want finish second the championship. Even Alex, who won it, got no payout. I won, I got pole positions, the most pole positions. So I got like a payout, a, a bonus from that. Yeah. And then I won this motorcycle. So I was like, well, I won more than the guy that won that won it. Yeah. You know, and just finished in second. So that was pretty funny. But, uh, but yeah, like it was, those two years were tough because, like I said, I got told this in 19. It's like, go win it again. And, and then here we are now, like one, two in a row, and I'm like, "Come on, guys! Like, let's go racing!" Right. And like, oh, we're just like BMW's like announced this test BMW test team World Superbike, and conversation happened like four or five months ago that this was happening. And I was like, and right out the the gate, it was like, "Yeah, you were considered, but you you don't live close enough." I'm like, like "Dude, I I'll can move. hop I'll on, move. yeah, yeah. I, I I have a British passport. Like, I can hop on a plane tonight." and be anywhere in Europe, whether I just end up at Heathrow, then boom, I'm anywhere the next day within, like, hours. Yeah. Like, and you're not just going to decide on Thursday that we're going testing on Friday. Like, you're planning stuff weeks ahead. Like, I can fit the bell. Like, but anyway, like I said, politics, things go on. To be fair, the two guys they announced are, like, world-class guys. Sure. Ex-world champions. Like, it's, you know, um, you can only hope that they are noticing what we're doing. And, again, there's always a political side of things, and it's tough, like, it's tough on everybody thinks different ways. Like, is it because you're riding the number one plate and they don't want to take that away? Or is it just simply because like, you know, there's other opportunities for other people there? Like, I don't know. It's tough. Right. So it's, I, at the end of the day, like, as you know, racing is like politics and on yourself, it's physical and mental. Yeah. So it's just putting your help, making sure that you're keeping focused mentally and not letting yourself go down a rabbit hole and, overthink things it's just like whatever it's not i didn't fit the bill for it i didn't get the invite sure boom on to the next thing let's go win another championship and will that uh that shootout happen again in the coming years um so they're hopefully like and, so the and BM- what was it for like it's bmw in germany then yeah. they host this shootout for- yeah so that's so it was just like for everybody that was on a bmw yeah and it was just kind of like a worldwide ranking kind okay of thing. Um, so yeah, they, they haven't actually done it since 21 was the last year they did it. Okay. Um, so they haven't, they haven't had any since, um, which was cool again to win the last one. Um, 
and then I recently just have sold that bike, which is right which on. is tough because it's like I did keep my 2019 bike, the destroyed one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We fixed it, and yep. uh, 20, 2020, I gifted it to my dad for Christmas. Cool. Like I rolled it. I it was at my mechanic's golf place in Port Perry. I picked it up. I put it in the van. I rolled it to our friend's place, stored it in there because obviously you don't want it to freeze. And then Christmas Day, because I wasn't I, was, I wasn't living at home. Uh, Christmas Day, I rolled up to my parents in the morning, parked the van, and then got my sister to like FaceTime, and then got them distracted while I went outside, and it was like nuking snow. And then got my mom gave me this bow, put this bow on it, and my dad was like absolutely speechless. Yeah, that's so great. he has a track bike as well. That's which is cool. Fun. But uh, but yeah, I wanted to keep that bike after like the other BMW for winning it with the with the BMW trophy, the race trophy. But you can't keep everything. Like, where do you, you end up? Like this place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which would be up. really cool. But it's like, okay, sell it now and get a bunch of money, or sell it in three years and get nothing, right? Or keep it for twenty years and then it's worth a ton of money. It's like, I'm, you know, at this point in my life, money's king. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. dude. Sell it and buy two road bikes with. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So hang those on the wall. You can only ride one at a time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. But. So you ever, uh, like you're, you're training now and obviously racing bikes is, there's a bigger physical aspect than, than racing cars for sure. Uh, you do a bunch of training. Do you guys have to weigh a certain weight or do they weigh the, the, yeah, the riders? Not really. We just have a bike, bike weight. Yeah. Um, and like the, when we were in the younger ranks, like when you're a kid, they have a combined weight. Yep. Um, but nowadays it's just the bike only because at the end of the day you're you're at your own disadvantage if you're overweight kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, but like I'm going to race Daytona, the Daytona 200 in March on a 600, well, 750. Yeah. Um. So you're less power. You're maybe like 80 horsepower less, which is quite a lot when mm-hmm. you're only talking, like it's not like you're talking 1,000 horsepower and you're losing 80. You're talking 200 and you're losing 80. So it's quite a decent amount. Um. And I want to be... Like, I'm going to stop using the skier, stop rowing, because I get too much muscle mass around my shoulders Upper and body. back. Yeah. You do obviously need a bit to wrestle the bike around still, but not as much, and just concentrate on cycling yeah. um, and do still do strength in the gym. Um, so, like, ideally, goal weight for that is, like, 160 to 165. Kay. Last year, I got to 165, so, like, I know that's obviously realistic, but right now, I'm at, like, 170, 175. How tall are you? Uh, like 5'10", 5'11", so okay. not too tall, but it's just like, not to sound like a dick, but it's just, uh, it's just muscle. Like there's thankfully not, yeah, 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 much yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're training. Yeah. So I'm like, I am, yeah, on the bike three days a week, um, and in the gym two days a week and then trying to do, I'm still trying to do a bit on the skier just to do, I did my VO2 max. On my, the ski? No, I did it on the bike. Okay. But my, my zone two is tiny. Okay. Like my zone two is like a hundred beats per minute to like one fourteen, which you should be like one, I uh, should be a hundred to like one twenty five, one thirty. Sure. So it's so so small. And my zone three and four are huge, and then zone five, which should be like one seventy three, one seventy plus, is like one eighty six because my zone four is so big. So I need to lengthen out my zone two because that's your fat burning and then yeah. roll into carb burning once you get past ozone too so i'm d- trying to do like a low heart rate stuff on the skier right just to try and do that which is tough because like it's so physical that it does rate 
like jack your heart rate. Yeah. Right? But in the long run, obviously, it's gonna it's gonna help out a bunch. I'm but for sure in zone five every time I get on that stupid thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. tough. Like we do, uh, Kyle Thompson runs the, uh, runs like all the, the triple crown motocross stuff in Canada. Uh, Frank puts together a bunch of stuff for us for rowing. Yeah. And, uh, it sucks. Cause like, I'm not doing it right now and I'm itching to, because I see these guys post numbers in our group and Trevor's on it too. And it's like, Oh, I just want to be, cause you're him. competitive. Yeah. I'm like, I know I can be there with Doug and with Kyle and uh and i'm like i'm not even rolling right now it sucks right so but come march once daytona's done it's like boom hop right back on the skier and just like yeah i don't care like be 175 pounds again doesn't matter not for the super bike no because you need to do them we go to shubanakity to like wrestle like that tight that track is so tight and you have so much power you just you need to like throw the bike around right and it's tough to, and honestly, long track at Shannonville too. It's super physical. There's no rest. Like that back straight, you come out that corner and the bike's trying to go right to the field and you're trying to go straight. And by the time you get it back, you're on the brakes back two gears and thrown it in. Right. Like it's tough. Um, CTMP is definitely the most user friendly. Right. It's track pretty for chill. Like, yeah. Yeah. So again, it's tough. Like there's like through the bottom four to like get through five because you're getting compressed into that bike so much and then especially like 10 into or sorry nine into 10 is yeah, tough too that's a quick flip or sorry eight nine ten yeah, yeah. Like those are all quick flips but uh but yeah like shubanakity like that place is pretty nuts mm. and you're just it's like just pretty much just like 30 minutes of like like I said like zone five you're on your toes the whole time like you're barely sitting down right so so do you wear a heart rate monitor for racing i don't know but do i definitely know. want to i've i've had the polar one for years. I don't yeah. know if you've used that. No. But it has its... I, mean, I think a lot of them now do have their own recording. Like it, So you don't even need to run on your watch or on your phone. You can, oh, really? You, start, you can open up on your phone and just hit start. And yeah. then you leave your phone and go away. I don't think GPS works on it. Okay. But it'll still record heart rate. Anyway, I didn't know... I didn't, I've had this thing for like four or five years. And I only this summer found out how to do that. Cool. I've always just recorded it with my phone. Just do my... Like had my phone there. Do the ski or the row. So I definitely want to. But it's tough because we wear the airbag vests um, and the suit. Yeah. So I don't want it to be in the way of that. How does that work? Um, so it records an algorithm of how you ride. Or like how the bumps in the track. And then it learns itself. And then if anything's like out of a parameter yep. of that it's like boom it goes off yeah yeah, yeah. i'll go Ooh, yeah is there any like uh premature so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they um so they have a sensor so like the street bike one it'll be like active all the time in case a car just comes to like <laughs> piles you right but um the bike one or like you put it into race mode and i think it's like 50k or, or something like maybe okay. 15k anything over that speed is it, then it, it engages it's ready to roll ready to roll um ctmp in 2021 20, or 22 um alex duma and i i can't remember if he won or i won anyway who come through one after the race and like i'm just like hands off like trevor's one side like high fives alex is here i go like we're going to give us high fives and as i didn't realize if i'm like going this way as like we're at the top of two yeah and then alex actually clipped like I but we still had plenty of room. Like so I'm like start to lean to turn and we're fine. But then Alex clipped me and we both came together. He went not a scratch on him because he went into the hay bales and his bike. <laughs> I went I went straight like I mean, it's like jumping off this table and cause you're only going like 
20 30k an hour so you don't have a trajectory of like long distance to slide it's just like a straight drop you so fell i'm off, like yeah, yeah it hurt and then obviously the suit's like god <laughs> and uh, and then i had like a broken exhaust a bunch of scratches in my body working foot peg and broken foot pegs and stuff and broken clutch lever uh, and uh, our clutch cable sorry and alex is completely fine his bike's fine because he just went into the grass or into the hay bales but yeah i'd say i guess that would be a bit of a pretty uh, it's an embarrassing off. moment right but yeah but uh, but yeah, they definitely do the they do the trick. There's a few. There's only a handful of brands out there that make them. Yeah. A lot of guys like they'll use a lot of brands that build race suits. Will just use the Dainese one or the Alpine Star. Oh, so it's built into the suit. Yeah. So the, well, this the Alpine Star because I uh, because it's not, I'm sponsored by Parts Canada. So it's Alpine Star suit with the Alpine Star airbag. It's a zip insert to the suit. Okay. But you can still like you could throw if it wasn't attached to the suit. Uh, you could wear it with whatever other brand of uh, of suit you have, and just wear a vest, right? Underneath, and that helps. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I I mean, at the end of the day, like as long as you can get over the discomfort of having it, yeah. Um, it's it's an added bonus for your safety. Yeah, for sure. You know, some guys struggle. Some guys are more old school. It is a bit of weight, but you get used to it. It's it's weight that's attached to you. It's not like you're carrying a weight around like this all the time. Like it's. It's attached to you, so it doesn't feel like you're really that much heavier. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely definitely a help. I could see old school guys complaining about that for sure. Like yeah. when the Hans device came out. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, dude, when you're at full pin, you don't, you like, you know, you could be wearing a weighted you vest. You wouldn't know. It. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. Trevor is one of those guys. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <The> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he, uh, yeah, he went through his year when he, he raced for Parts Canada and, uh, I don't think you wore it once. I think one of the one, my spare one is like one that he had that because it's not really changed that much. That he he's like, no, no, it's he returned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, like I said, for me, it's like it's an added safety thing. Might as well. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had like a? Uh, I'm trying to. Yeah. Have you ever had a like a full a full on like peak experience on the bike like a flow state or like an out of body experience yeah i'd say like for sure like when you have the like when your bike is just absolutely set up dialed and you have like you can hit your marks wherever you want um it's honestly it's it's tough to it, i've only had it a couple times here in canada on tracks i've had it a few times in the states the way that the tracks are so rough, so bumpy, it's so hard to be precise. Right. Like, I don't know, like... You're more in your head. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say for sure, like, uh, Shubinakati 2019, uh, Jordan came and hit the back of me on the second or third lap. He ended up crashing, and I took the grass. Um, and I was last place, and I came back through, and the la I was last corner, last lap, made the pass for the win, and nice. I won it. It was sick. And uh, but anyway, I'd say that race and like even like they're commentating on it and like what is, why is he riding so hard? And it's still like to this day, people ask like why are we pushing so hard? I'm like I was so comfortable that like yeah on TV it looks like I had a moment coming out of that corner, but like I was just you watched me go from like right to left and the bike just comes out wall and I'm like just throwing the thing in like there's no hesitation. Yeah, that thing was just absolutely pinpoint where I wanted to be. Like that would yeah that's one for sure. And which is really cool to be able to watch that on tv as well and see it because you can me watching it and, and the way i can i was throwing the bike around like 100 percent. you're like that guy like that was dialed yeah that day for sure right yeah they don't come too often 
that no no but, it's super rare that yeah, experience but i'd say i'd say that day and uh yeah pretty sick yeah yeah because i think about that often like what is it about you know racing or any extreme sport or whatever is it like is it is that the feeling you're even subconsciously chasing or is it like the whole you know the whole effort of competing building a team building a good bike like is that what people are after like what is the you know to pinpoint like what is the feeling that yeah that brings you back every weekend yeah i i mean yeah like it i think it's the i mean for me it's just competitive mm. um we have so much fun as a team like ourselves and like which is obviously like awesome but when it comes down to it it's like when shit needs to get done it gets done uh the guys do it they do a great job of it and that gives you just the mental gains as well to go out on track and deliver and know that everything is done and at the end of the day like i'll be the first one if i don't get the result i'll be the first one to say like yeah i just didn't i just couldn't like i'm not going to go all that tire was it was a shack tire we got a bad batch there's something wrong with shock yeah um brakes were crap and like no like it was like okay like i just didn't have it right yeah and uh but yeah i think it's just the competitive nature is like it just keeps driving keeps driving you to go and want more of it because like yeah week in week out i mean you know here we are thankfully won three championships and we're still want to go back next year and do it again yeah it's just that you want to that competitive drive just keeps you coming back for more yeah yeah i forget what the quote was and it was probably like some like american politician but it was like saw what you know the war did for world war ii what the war did for like people coming together and like to even the country maybe to have like a common goal and i guess like motorsports like these weekends are like micro wars for your team like it's like yeah a deadline like it's it's you know it's win or lose yeah. and it there's something that's so addictive about that no, that whole sure. experience and like you said as like a like a mini war like we're all trying to beat each other like as much as i'm on track trying to beat alex like willie is trying to outsmart and beat patrice who's alex his crew chief right and you know what i mean and it's like it's just things like that and then same with like steve my data guy like steve's like trying to dial everything in to beat like them as well and it's like and you know it's it's one of those things like as a racer like you're just selfishly thinking like you know you're there's all there for you which is obviously part of it is like but at the same time it's like when like when you look at it like the guys have like every weekend like if steve's not there because he's down at more america race they'll have a group chat and like unqualifying they're guessing what the lap time is gonna right. be and i love it because it's like to me before i even realized they were doing that I'm just like thinking, like I don't even think that they're doing stuff like that because you don't. Obviously, you know that they're there th- to win as well. Yeah. But you don't think about oh they've they're that you think they're pa- obviously you know they're passionate about it and want to be there, but you don't realize how much they get off of that as well. And like that's super cool. And yeah. especially like when you know, like when you get pole or you you, especially when you surpass what they all thought too. Like that's like sick. Yeah. And I don't know you guys doubt me like yeah. <laughs> anything, right? Yeah. Um, and then again, there's days you're not going to like, well, at the end of the day, it didn't happen, but which is obviously it's tough, like track temps change, you know, weather, like it, there's a lot of variables. It's not just down to, we didn't nail the setup. Like there's a lot of variables, but, uh, but yeah, like there's so much passion in sports period, um, that 
like it just keeps people coming back and again especially like my parents for example my dad's been in it for years as well as you see it with like with roland yeah and he's been all over the map it's not like it's not like it's just on the bikes like so the car side now wins crew chief of the year like yeah all this stuff like it's so cool to see so you're you're back uh you're back racing in canada next year yeah, that's the yep. plan. We're working on things with BMW right now to, uh, to yeah, put another championship package together. Uh, the bike's not changed any, which is which is nice. Um, so what we we try and typically do is like cycle through the bike. So like the the A bike from last year became the B bike this sure. year. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one we've sold, and then we'll um, we'll make the A bike this year the B bike, and then yeah, kind of roll through that way, keep everything nice and fresh and uh, and ready, like race ready. So. Um, We've definitely had our challenges the last few years with with the bikes, unfortunately, but that's just kinks in the road, right? So, um, yeah, we're hopefully getting our new bike um, nice and early. So if we have any problems preseason testing like we have in the last two years, we can sort those kinks out before we go racing. Right on, man. Tell uh, tell the people where they can follow along on your Instagram that you yeah, hate, hate sure. to post yeah. on. So uh, for sure, if you want to see some nice holiday posts and uh, <laughs> go on vacation here for ten days, uh, follow me at Ben Young eighty uh, six, and then uh, you can find me the same on Facebook and and Twitter as well. But uh, yeah, I don't mind Instagram, but it's just tough to. I just like I said, it's it's pushing product. Like I'm not, and like I said, like I'll admit it's a flaw, but um, at the same time though, I don't. I'm not shy about posting things with the boys and like. You know, a lot of people don't like to post, like, maybe, like, going out for a beer or doing that with... Sure. You know, like, yeah, there's a professional point to it, 100%, but I think you need to be real, too. I agree. So, I agree. at the end of the day, as long as you're still getting the job done, that's where to find us on, on Instagram, and we'll, uh, yeah, keep posted and uh, how things going. Right on, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Cool. See you guys next week.